Bridge Youth, how are we feeling tonight? Man, you guys look good. Look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second. Just don't say anything. <laughs> say nothing. Everybody look at the camera in the back to our online audience and say, you look good. Hey, whether you are in the room or you are joining online, we want to say welcome. Thank you so much for choosing to spend some of your time with us. We just think it's so cool in the midst of um, the busyness of life and school is back and everything going on that you chose to spend some of your time with us. We just think that's so awesome. One of our favorite things in the whole world is meeting new people. I've met a couple new people already tonight. And if you are new, whether you're here or you're watching online, we like welcoming our guests every single week in a way that never gets old for us. We like welcoming our guests by saying we're here to build you up, not... They heard you in the mic, Lala. They heard you. That's how loud you were. I respect that. So we're here to build you up, not beat you up. Hey, um, you don't have to believe to belong here. Whatever background of life you come from, this can be family for you. As I've found for so many people, this has been family for them. When they feel like they don't fit in in so many other places in the world, they know this can be family. We have one rule. If you're in the, if you're in the room or watching online, <laughs> you're family. So hey, if you have a Bible... Um, would you open, this will be kind of tough, but can I do this? Uh, let's get a couple people to open to a couple different spots. So whatever, uh, I might ask you guys to come help me read in a couple minutes. So all New Living Translation. So hopefully you have New Living Translation. Maybe you can read out of my Bible. Or if you have the Bible app, New Living Translation, three scriptures, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Hebrews 13, 8, 2 Peter 3, 8, and Ecclesiastes, that's right, Ecclesiastes 3, 11. So Hebrews 13, 8, 2 Peter 3, 8, and Ecclesiastes 3, 11. While you turn there, tonight we're continuing in our series entitled Marvel. Week two of this series. Who was here for the kickoff of Marvel last week? Talked how great is our God. On the count of three, just shout out your favorite star of all the stars we talked about. One, two, three. Beetlejuice is a fan favorite, Canis Majoris, largest star that we know of in existence. This series, Marvel, um, where's all my people who know for a fact that Marvel is better than DC? Absolutely, positively, whether we're talking movies or comic books, Marvel is better than DC. Not arguable, inarguable absolute fact. But the series doesn't really have a ton to do with Marvel Comics, even though I'm a big, 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 big fan. Um, if you've ever been in my office, you would know I'm a big fan of Marvel Comics. But it really has more to do with the literal meaning of the definition of the word Marvel, which if you're taking notes, go ahead and write it down. Here it is. It is to be filled with wonder or astonishment. And I just think that something happens in us as we grow up where we, we see, we like slowly but surely are filled with less and less wonder. Who's ever seen the movie Wonder? That movie, oh gosh. Oh, it gets you right in the feels. Oh my goodness. That was, that was one of the first times in recent history where I was like, I want to be a dad. Like, I want to be a dad. Like, we, Amber, I need a baby. Like, <laughs> except we went and watched the movie at like 11 o'clock at night, and then the movie was over, and then we were like, all right, what, what now? And I was like, let's go get Indian food. So we went and got Indian food. And then I, like, after Indian food, I was like, having kids sounds cool. But also getting Indian food at 11.30 at night is also awesome. And I know we're not going to be able to do that when we have kids. So, um, But I don't know, just something happens in, in, in our lives as we grow up where we, we kind of stop being filled with wonder. We sort of stop being filled with astonishment. And, and one, one thing I just hope never dies for us is that we, we never cease to be filled with wonder when it comes to God. We never stop being filled with astonishment when it comes with God, that we never stop marveling at God. Amen? And there's so many things, I don't know about you, there's so many things in summer that just get me to this place of marveling. And, and last week we talked about how, um, you know, I did used to have a hammock and I would lay in my hammock in the backyard on a warm summer night and look at the stars. But then a couple of our Bridge Youth students were at the house and they were trying to like flip a full circle in my hammock and they broke it and we haven't got a new hammock yet. So, um, so we won't talk about stars anymore. But uh, this last Saturday, um, this, this last weekend, um, uh, me and my wife, we went out and we were celebrating our 12-year anniversary. And so, yeah, yeah, 12 years. Who is 12 years old or younger? 12 years old or younger? Dear 
God in heaven. <laughs> if you've been married as long as you've been alive, that's crazy. Um, so, so we, yeah, we were, we were celebrating our uh, 12-year anniversary, did a handful of things. You know, <laughs> your boy's a baller. I was able to pull off going golfing on our anniversary weekend, hanging out. She got to drive the, she got to drive the cart. And I don't, I probably shouldn't say this because I've now seen the actual like video of what this is. But she, every time she got in the car, she'd get in the car, she'd floor it and she'd go, um, <laughs> I need to make sure I say this right. Um, I'm fast as freak, bro. Or what is that it? Boy. No, she go, I'm fast as freak, boy. <laughs> Every time. And I was like, why are you saying that? And then she showed me the actual video and I was like, oh, you're going to hell. <laughs> I can't believe you. I'm fast as freak, boy. <laughs> like you're a dork. But we went golfing. Uh, uh, the next day we went to, we went to the spa. You guys, I was at a spa all day. What did you do at a spa all day, Corey? Uh, first I got into this like hot water pool. I'm like, what now? They're like, oh, you got to go get in the cold water pool. Bro, it was so cold. Like, and they say you got to go back and forth five times to get the maximum health benefits. I felt like Jack Dawson at the end of Titanic, man. It was rough. What else did you do? Rubbed mud on my skin, like all over. It's like, Amber's like, there's the minerals in it. I was like, when I was a child, this was rule number one. Corey, if you're going to play in the backyard, don't rub mud all over yourself. And now here I am, a grown man, paying big bucks to rub mud on myself. Uh, but it was awesome. But then Saturday, of course, anniversary, can't not. We went to the beach, and it was a beautiful day. It was warm. Uh, got a little bit of surfing in, kind of. Um, and and it, was, it was awesome. And uh, like usual, I kind of just had a moment um, where I'm like looking at the ocean and just how massive the ocean is and, and the sun's starting to set and all this. And I just have this moment of feeling like filled with marvel. Does anybody else here, anybody else just like love the ocean? Anybody else just love the beach? Anybody not like the beach? You're like, I'm not a beach person. Are you serious? What the heck? I love the beach, dude. Like I I surf. I'm, I'm Hawaiian. I like, I love warm, I love the sun. I love, uh, I, I, when I was a kid, I literally wanted to be a marine biologist. Like, it's what I wanted to do for a living when I was a kid. Like, I wanted to be a marine biologist. I want to do everything in the ocean. I want to scuba dive. I want to free dive. I want to do it all. I love the ocean. I'm like basically the guy version of Moana. I am the guy version Moana. I am the, like, see, see the line when the sky and the sea meets, it calls me. Like, that is me. And no one knows. Like, it's super Seriously, me. Uh, if the wind and the sea sings the same, you know what knows where it goes. It's me. What's the first line? I've been staring at the edge of the water long as I can remember, never really knowing why. I wish I could be the perfect daughter. Every time I would sing it, my wife would be like, really? The perfect daughter, Corey, you're a grown man turn off Moana. I was, when Moana first came out, I was literally listening to the Moana soundtrack in the offices and Zach, Pastor Zach, who has three kids, came over and was like, for the love of God, Corey, (laughs) I've been listening to this song nonstop at my house. Please turn it off. I'm like, sorry, dude. (laughs) I love the ocean. And and there's something about the ocean that just fills me with wonder. Last week we talked about space and and today we're not going to talk quite so much about the ocean. Is anybody else just a little bit curious about the research I've done about the ocean? Some of the things we could talk about with the ocean. It won't be nearly as much as space and last week, um, but here is an interesting fact. We actually do know less about our own ocean than we do about our own galaxy. Isn't that crazy? We've only explored somewhere between five and ten percent of our own ocean. Five to ten percent, you guys. Imagine what's living down there. My gosh. Did you know this? Did you know that the ocean actually provides 70% of all breathable oxygen on the entire planet? Did you know that uh, the ocean harbors 99% of all living space on earth? Living spaces. <laughs> best we, the best we know the best we know, because we don't really, really know for sure, for sure, for sure, but the best we know 
the deepest part of the ocean, nicknamed Challenger Deep, after a voyage that went to what we think is the lowest part and the deepest part of the ocean, is actually 36,200 feet deep. Get this. That is 7,000 feet deeper than Mount Everest is tall. The deepest free dive, what's free diving? Free diving is basically snorkeling. The deepest free dive ever, just to put this into perspective, ocean, 36,200 feet deep. The deepest free dive ever is 831 feet. Eight, and that's, okay, imagine swimming down 831 feet, though. You know what I was thinking when I, when I was researching and I, I figured that out? I was thinking, how did they, like, how did the free diver, like, calculate how long it would take to get back up. Like, oh, because he, he had to make sure that he knew that, that he had enough breath to get back to the surface, you know? And you can't actually just swim straight back up to the surface. You have to swim slowly and you have to settle. Then you got to swim back down to calibrate the pressure, swim up a bit, then swim back down a little bit all the way to the surface. Otherwise, you will experience something that they call the bends. If you want to be terrified at the ocean and the pressure that's in the ocean, just go YouTube the bends, like scuba diver or something like that. It's actually really terrifying. Don't do it. It's really brutal. Um, but the deepest is 831 feet. At 831 feet, the pressure in the ocean is 26 times that of the surface. The, uh, the max dive for the majority of whales, the majority of whales is 1,640 feet, and this is where they hunt squid. This is a specific type of whale, and I'm not going to say the name of this whale because there's junior high boys in the room. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a whale. <laughs> That's what it is. And they hunt, they hunt giant squid down there, you guys. It's terrifying. 3,280 feet deep is the, is the spot where um, it's too deep for sunlight to reach. And this is what we call the midnight zone. <laughs> the midnight zone. Actually, the twilight zone also does come from the ocean, but this is called the midnight zone. The deepest any mammal, not any animal, but any mammal has ever been is 9,816 feet. And that's an animal called the Cuvier beaked whale. But still, the Cuvier-beaked whale couldn't reach the depth where the, the RMS Titanic lies. Rest in peace, Leonardo DiCaprio. The door was big enough for both of them, okay? The RMS Titanic sits at a whopping 12,500 feet down. At that level, the pressure is 378 times that of the surface. The unmanned submer there, uh, there's been unmanned submersibles that have gone down um, as far, that has gone down like really, really, really far um, in the ocean. The deepest part of the ocean, about 36,000 feet. There's an unmanned uh, immersible called the, the Kayako, and it collected, get this, from 1995 to 2003, it collected a total of 350 new species. In this small area, 350 new species collected in a matter of seven years or so. Imagine what else is down there, you guys. Megalodon is real. Don't tell me he's not. He's just hiding from us all. And <laughs> someone said, hey, man, come on. Here's maybe the, mo the, the funnest fact of the ocean. There is an estimated two, 500, 552 quintillion gallons of water in the ocean. There is no reference point I have in my mind for that. I almost went back to the numbers I crunched for the, for the stars last week, and is, there's no, like, there is no numbers that I could, no comparisons that I could come up with, because quintillion is a massive number. 552 quintillion gallons of water in the ocean. It is insane. And to me, this, this is amazing because our God created this. But last week we talked about how great our God is, how big our God is in the spectrum of the universe and the cosmos that he created. And this week, I don't know what it was, but even last week, uh, last Saturday, looking out at the ocean, I, I wasn't necessarily thinking about how big God is, but I began to think about eternity. That's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about eternity Write that word down if you're taking notes. And tonight as we talk about eternity, I, I want to entitle this week two message in our series, Marvel. I want to entitle it Forever Ever. Somebody say Forever Ever. <laughs> forever Ever. <laughs> Whoever's over there is my favorite. And, and, and in talking about eternity, I've, I've heard it said that the first 10,000 years in heaven 
is like the first day. And really that pales in comparison because we're going to be in heaven for eternity. I've heard it said like this, that, that our lives are just a drop and eternity is the ocean. And we just talked about how big the ocean is. But here's the crazy part. That comparison still doesn't work because eternity is forever. Somebody say forever. And so tonight we're going to talk about eternity and hopefully just end up in awe and marvel at it. C.S. Lewis, the great C.S. Lewis said this. He said, those who do the most in this world think the most about the next world, about eternity. So here's your sermon in a sentence if you're taking notes tonight. Um, If you're new, I like boiling down everything that I say into one sentence. I call it sermon in a sentence. If you miss everything else, get this. The greatest way to live the greatest life is to keep eternity in your heart and on your mind. I'll say it one more time. The greatest way to live the greatest life is to keep eternity in your heart and on your mind. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? Does anybody have Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8? Anybody have Hebrews 13 verse 8 NLT? That would be down to read it from the platform. If you don't, you can read it from my Bible. Any, anybody down to read? The, yeah, come on up, girl. Head on up. Does anybody have 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 8? Yeah, come on up, girl. Does anybody have Ecclesiastes 3.11? My guy, Dane, come on up. Come on up, Dane. You want to use my Bible? Okay. We're, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give you the iPad. You don't get to, don't read all my notes, okay? I'm going to preach it. You're not. All right. There's, right there, you see Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. What's your name? Haley. Haley! Hey, everyone, give it up for Haley. <laughs> Haley, would you read for us Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 in the New Living Translation? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, he is. Amen. Thank you, Haley. What's up, girl? What's your name? Eliana. Eliana. That's a dope name. Eliana, you are reading 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. 2 Peter, yep. Where's chapter 3? Boom. Verse number 8. There it is. Dear friends, don't let this one thing escape you. With the Lord, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like one day. woo Let's go, girl. All right, my guy, Dane. Oh, I actually need to give you this in my, in my Bible because I, I don't have it there. All right, let's see here. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse number 11. Right there. It's highlighted in pink, my guy. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planned eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Yes, sir. Give it up for Dane. I was so distracted by that beautiful mustache, Dane. (laughs) Hey, before you sit down, let's pray. God, you're good. We love you. Would you speak to us tonight? Really quick, God, I know often in this moment we, we have a little bit of fun and we joke and we ask you for silly things like football teams to win and all of that. And we do pray that, God. We do pray that you bless your team, the Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) And all those clapping, bless them, God. Bless them as well. But God, we do pause for a moment and we just pray for um, for our nation and for our world, God. We specifically lift up the nation of uh, Afghanistan to you and we pause and we pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ who are facing death right now. God, those who are persecuted, the underground church, God, I pray that your hand of protection would be upon them. I pray, God, that you would silence and push back the kingdom of hell, God, and that you would uh, uh, advance your kingdom in that nation, God. I pray in Jesus' name, give our president, give our um, military, give um, officials, God, the wisdom on how we need to appropriately deal with this situation, that, God, you can intervene in that nation. We believe you can. Do miracles. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen. All right, grab a seat tonight. Hey, um, has anything, you ever have uh, something, you ever have a situation happen where you have to look at a friend, somebody you know, and go, don't get it twisted. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get it twisted. So um, uh, I play in a basketball league with a, with a few of my friends, including uh, Noah Southall, whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Noah. 
Um, and, and this last, this last Sunday night, we had a game and, uh, after the game, I went and, um, I went and put on my slides. Anybody who's a real hooper, you know, you don't wear your hoop shoes outside. And so I'm putting on my slides after playing the game and I go to grab my slides and I have a pair of Nike slides, those top ones, those top Nike slides right there. That's what I have. They are a black logo. The logo on my slides, I've had these slides for like, they've They've been champs. I've had them for like probably two years plus. Black Nike logo. And sitting next to my bag is those slides with the white Nike logo. And my friend Eli, who plays on the basketball team, um, I see him put on the ones with the black logo. And I go, Eli, those are my slides. And he goes, nah, dude, those are my slides. Those are yours. And I was like, bro, my slides do not have a white Nike logo. You ever have to tell someone, don't get it twisted? I said, Eli, don't get it twisted. I know that my slides have a black Nike logo. And he's like, I'm telling you, mine have the black Nike logo. And I'm like, no, they don't. I don't, I said, I don't know about your slides, but I know about my slides. That's what I know. And then he's like, dude, these are, I'm telling you, mine have the black logo. And then there was that moment. You ever have a moment like this where you go, maybe they've, maybe the logo's been white this whole time. Like maybe I'm wrong. And I've like seen this wrong my whole life. Like my whole life, the last two years. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, there, I, I can't believe I've been looking at my, I, I've had it twisted. And I think, no. I'm not, I'm not crazy. And I go, Amber, my slide, because she was there. She's a good wife. She comes and cheers me on from the stands in my basketball games. <laughs> I feel like such a child. I need Corey, and I got a basketball game on Sunday. <laughs> and, and, and she goes, Corey, the logo on your slides is black. And I was like, Eli, give me my slides. And I put them on. And he's like, well, then where did these slides come from? I was like, I don't know. So he puts them on. And he's like, well, they fit me. And then he has the same moment I just had. That's my Nike Logo been white this whole time, but I've thought it is black. So he's like, all right, I mean, maybe these are mine. And, and, and then he comes with, up with like a hypothesis. Oh, we were in the other gym hanging out there, and that's where I put on my shoes. And then we came over here. Maybe when I grabbed my bag and stuff, I just grabbed the closest slides to me. And these are somebody else's slides. And he's like, and we were like, okay, but like even Stevens, because they probably went home with your slides. So it's all good. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I guess. Eli gets home, and this is right inside Eli's house. So neither of us were wrong. We both had like slides with the black Nike logo. The only question is, whose slides are those? Where do those come from? And who's at the gym? Who had to walk out barefoot is what I'm saying. You know a moment where you just got something twisted and like that moment was so like, oh my gosh. Like it was like the moment that I, for the first time, I wish I would have got the picture. I didn't get the picture. For the first time, I, uh, I noticed the arrow in the FedEx logo. And it, does it, who knows about the arrow and the FedEx logo? Who does not know about the arrow and the FedEx logo? Google it after, sir. Forget it. Google it right now. Go look and you're, oh my gosh, there's an arrow in the FedEx logo. I've missed that the whole time. I felt like that, you know? Felt like, oh my gosh. There's certain things that like you can't get twisted. And something I feel like we just have gotten twisted is that our lives are so long and eternity is not that important and it's really short. I feel like sin and the fall has tricked us in thinking too high. This kid just saw the FedEx logo. I saw it all unfold, guys. I saw you, my guy. I saw you go, right there, dude. You see it? And then he goes, I see it. And he, like, physically responded. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, like, like, but I, I feel like the fall and sin might have tricked us into thinking that our lives are so long. Can I tell you, our lives are very short, and eternity is very, very long. Somebody say Amen. Which brings us to our very first point. Write this down. Eternity is a long time. Eternity is a long time. But here's the crazy thing when you begin to marvel at eternity and marvel at the fact that God is an eternal God. Everybody say eternal. Now I know what you're thinking. God is an eternal God in that God will never end. God will never die. God will always be. And yes, that is true. But let this bake your theological noodle in the, not only in from here to the there is no end god also has no beginning there is no beginning with god 
There's a beginning to time, but before there was time, there was God. Before the beginning of all the stars and the universe and the cosmos that we learned about last week, God was already in existence. Jesus, it says, it says that in the beginning was the word, and the word is talking about Jesus. Jesus was not a scapegoat that God later created because, oh, sin, didn't see that one coming. Let me create Jesus. No, Jesus has always been within the Trinitarian God, which is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, which has always existed. There was no beginning. I love, I love, like, I love, I love kids, the kids ministry. If you are somebody who's like, I want to, like, help in kids ministry, please do. Wherever Kenneth McCow is at, see Kenneth McCow. He'll help get you plugged in. Invest in the lives of young people. It's one of the most rewarding things that you'll do with your life. But I love kids who are like, um, uh, oh, Pastor Corey, what's your birthday? I'll be like, May 23rd. Like, oh, uh, what, um, what year was you born? And I'm like, 1989. Like, oh my gosh, that's so old. And I'm like, yeah, I was alive in the 80s. I mean, like seven months, six months of the 80s. But like, it's the craziest six months of my life, though. I don't remember any of it. It's wild. <laughs> and I'm like, that's crazy, Pastor Corey. What's God's birthday? <laughs> and then you try explaining to a kid, God ain't got a birthday. I remember telling this one kid one time, God doesn't have a birthday. And they're like, oh, that's sad. I'm like, why? And like, because he doesn't get a birthday party. And I'm like, dang, that is kind of sad. <laughs> I mean, I guess Jesus got Christmas. So boom, there it is. Uh, he's got, he, <laughs> so the whole reason God came to the planet. Because he's like, y'all ain't celebrating my birthday. I got to come down there and get me a birthday. <laughs> oh gosh, that, things that aren't in the notes. They're like, God doesn't. And here's what's crazy about it. God is really, 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 really old. Like God is super old. And the older I get, the more that I, the older I get, the more I realize there are certain things in life that you just won't learn without time. How many, how many people, how many juniors and seniors in high school we got in the room? How many of you guys right now, you're like, I'm a junior, I'm a senior in high school. And I'll tell you what, I look back to middle school me, I was an idiot. <laughs> the things that I did, the things that I thought, the people that I dated, I didn't know anything, right? Like, because honestly, like, as you progress through high school, there's just some things that you'll learn that you realize, like, you will not learn them except by time. I've been saying this a lot lately, pretty much since I turned 30. I've been saying, the older I get, the younger I realize I am. Because the older I get, the more that I realize, man, there's so much about life and ministry and marriage and God and the Bible. That, that I, the more that I sit down with Pastor Gary, our, our lead pastors, Pastor Gary and Pastor Ann, I, I realize, wow, there is something they'll only learn with time. Now, think, think about this. God is outside of time and he's always existed. Time has no bearing on God. I'm 32. God ain't got a birthday. Don't you think that there's some things that God knows that we don't? And it's so crazy to me that there are finite temporal human beings that live for a very short period of time in history that are in time that want to tell God who's outside of time, the one that, that is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He has no beginning and he has no end. He is the beginning and he is the end. And us temporal little tiny human beings that live for a fraction of a second in the span of history want to tell God, nah, you're wrong. And I know I talked about this a little bit last week, but I think it's so important in the day and age that we live that we realize that this God of eternity knows some stuff that we don't. And when we don't understand, we don't need to understand to obey, and we don't need to understand to believe. Somebody say amen. It holds a huge bearing, God being eternal on our lives, because God has no beginning and God has no end. The great Billy Graham said this, if, if you're taking notes, write this down. I've loved this, um, this quote lately. It says, in death, the believer sees endless hope. The atheist sees only a hopeless end. In death, this is why for so many people, death is so shocking. Well, I think it's so shocking for so many because Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, it says that God has planted eternity in our hearts 
See, we're designed to live forever. So when we die, when a family member, a loved one dies, it it hits us so hard. They say in life, there's only two things that are guaranteed, death and taxes. And right now it's death and really, really, really high taxes. So y'all know, but my gosh, (laughs) very high taxes. Um, And and the thing is, is that it's, isn't it crazy that, that even though we experience death often and so much that it never be, it's never not shocking. It never, it never doesn't feel like a punch to the gut. It never doesn't hurt. Why? I think it's because we are never meant to experience it, but rather God planted eternity into the hearts of humans. And see, this is why for so many, for so many Death is so difficult. To the believer, when a, when a fellow brother or sister in Christ passes away, it's not goodbye. It's see you later. And, and I love that Billy Graham said that because we are a people of hope. Somebody say hope. Hope is one of the greatest things that we have, and it's one of the biggest things that the world has always needed and especially needs today. Um, I'm not often the guy that goes, yeah, man, this tattoo, it's got such serious meaning, like, yeah, dude, like, it really just means so much to me. It's not me. Like, I have a Stormtrooper tattoo, and you'd be like, why? Because Stormtroopers are cool. Um, and I, ha- I have a, I don't know which leg it's on. I think it's on, I think it's on this leg. Is it? Now I have to see. It is. I have a little leopard tattoo right there. He said, why do you have a leopard tattoo? Because my friend had it on his flash sheet, and it looked awesome, and he has a gold tooth. That's why. Um, he does. My leopard on my, on my leg has a gold tooth. Um, but one of my tattoos that does have a lot of meaning to me is uh, this one that says hope. And it's a sailboat. And it's like an American traditional sailboat because I kind of became infatuated um, with, with uh, nauticalists from back in the day who would look at a horizon in the ocean and they would see the line where the sky and the sea meets and it would call them. And they'd be like, no one knows how far it goes. Um, And with nothing but hope in their heart, they would head for that line and they'd head for that horizon, believing that there's something on the other side. You say, well, what did they have to go off of, Corey? Well, they just had the word of another nauticalist who had gone that way and charted the waters. And they drew maps and they said, oh, I went this way and I found this land. And so they would head over that horizon with nothing than a word from another nauticalist and hope in their heart that there was something on the other side of the horizon. And so it is with eternity for us. We see the horizon of this life, and and I don't mean to scare anybody, but death is coming for all of us. And I pray to God that it's like you live a very, very long and full and amazing life. We don't know when that horizon will come for any of us, but we know this. We all see it, and it's there, and it's coming one day. But we are not a people without hope. When we look at the horizon, we have hope that there is something on the other side, and that something is heaven. And what do we have? Why do we have this hope? We have this hope because a man named Jesus Christ came, and he did not just come and live a life and die, and then that was it. No, he came, he predicted his own death, and then he died exactly like that. He also predicted his own resurrection three days later, and then he resurrected, and then after having resurrected from the dead with the help of nobody and no one else, he then said, hey, I go to a place to prepare it for you. And he gave us that hope. Somebody say amen. Come on, this world needs this hope that we have, the hope of heaven. But what is heaven then? I want to give you just a few things really quickly that we know heaven is. Just as my sock, when I showed you my tattoo, thy sock like stayed down and so uncomfortable. Um, A few things that we know heaven is, things that we have hope for and we can look forward to. A few things about heaven. Number one, we will have new bodies in heaven. And it's a physical place. I don't know what it is that, you've, that you think about heaven or, or what you've learned about heaven, but heaven is not a mystical place where we all like float around like, like mist or something. And we're like, yeah, we're just like mist existing forever. No, that's not what it, heaven is a physical place. And we'll have physical bodies. We'll be able to see each other and fist bump and high five and all of that. Like, I believe that there will still be basketball in heaven. I believe there will be surfing in heaven, and I'll just be able to ride a wave 
for like 10,000 years. Just a nonstop, perfect barrel, just chilling in the barrel for 10,000 years straight. It's not like such a bro, Ivan. That's not like you right now, dude. I've been hanging out with you too much. And there's a killer golf course in heaven, too, for the record. It's the most beautiful, with perfect greens. Perfect greens. <laughs> but it's a very, and, and I mean, green pastures is something that, it's talked about in scripture. It is talked about. But it is a physical place and we'll have new bodies. And for some of you, like, oh, new bodies, but I kind of like mine. And then there's some others of us that are like, new bodies, awesome. Because like, I lift weights and my biceps never get bigger. Like, this sucks. Like, I, I work out and I always look like I'm 12 years old and I haven't hit puberty yet. Cool. Um, I can't. Dane has a better mustache than me. Like, in heaven, I'll have beautiful mustache. <laughs> like, but heaven is a physical place and we will get new bodies. This is so cool. Look at this. Write this verse down. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. It says, For we know that when this earthly tent... That's our bodies. He's talking about our bodies. When this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven. What would you, just like in life right now, say somebody came to you and said, hey, I just want to bless you. I have one of two things for you. I have a tent from Costco or I have this gigantic house with a pool in the backyard, um, seven bedrooms, four bathrooms. All of the, like, which one do you want? Do you want the tent or the house? You want the house, right? Okay, so here we have a tent. In heaven, we have a, a house. It says that we have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. Verse 2, we grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like clothing. Who else loves getting new clothes? Come on, somebody. Uh, for we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. I know for some of you, that wrecks your mind because you thought you were going to die and be a chubby little angel in the clouds playing a harp. First off, you will not become an angel. I'm very sorry to say I don't want to hurt anybody's like traditional views of anything, but nobody who has passed on before you became a guardian angel. It's not biblical. Um, it's just not what's in scripture. We're not going to become angels. We're not going to be missed. We're not going to be chubby playing harps on the clouds. We're not going to, but we will have new bodies and we will not be spirits without bodies. We have this hope, which is so cool. Here's another thing we have hope for. Number two, something about heaven. There's no more pain or sorrow. Come on. Anybody else looking forward to the day when there's no more pain and sorrow? Anybody else looking for, forward to the day? All my hoopers, I rolled my ankle on Sunday night. Anybody else looking forward to the day where you don't roll your ankle and sprain it no more? Anybody else got minor lower back problems or is that just me? I got minor, not major, but some minor lower back problems. And no, it's not because I'm getting old. I've had them since I was like 10. I'm pretty sure it's from skateboarding. Um, like anybody else looking forward to never turning on the news and seeing death and destruction? Anybody else looking forward to the day when there is no more social media, for one, and for two, that you'll never get on Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or Facebook if you're 80 or whatever and see that the world is falling apart? Who, anybody else excited for the day that we will never again see a child starving to death on our planet? Anybody else looking forward to the day when we don't have to deal with depression or anxiety or mental illness ever again? I don't know about you, but I just think that that is a really good promise. Here's what it says. It says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, one of the only times you'll ever hear me preach Revelation, says he, that being Jesus, will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be, listen to this, no more. Somebody say no more. Come on, somebody say no more. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All, somebody say all. All these things will be gone forever. Amen? Amen. The third thing we know about heaven is this. No wait times. <laughs> Anybody been to Disneyland lately? Um, we, we actually went to Disneyland, and it was for uh, our... Um, dude, I, I, Sam, my guy, everybody say, what's up, Sam? 
Sam, when, yeah, you had told us about proposing to Danica, and we knew for a long enough period of time that I still don't feel comfortable talking about it in public because I feel like I'm going to spoil a surprise that has already happened. And that's what just happened to me internally. But we went to Disneyland because our drummer, Sam, proposed to his now fiance, Danica, and they will be getting married very, very soon. So cool, so cool. Um, and, and they invited us to go, so we're like, of course we will be there, absolutely. And we went, and I was like, there's only two things I care about today. Only two. Number one, that I see Sam propose to Danica. Gotta see that. And number two, I, I need to ride Rise of the Resistance, the new Star Wars ride. I've got to. Um, but because of, like, COVID restrictions and stuff, they weren't doing, for a lot of the rides, they weren't doing normal, like, wait-in-line stuff. So there was two, uh, like, queues that you had to do inside the Disney app. And there was one at, what was it, 7 a.m.? 7 and noon, right? I think it was 7 and noon. So... You, obviously, your boy missed the 7 a.m. one. <laughs> You'd be awake at 7 a.m. So it's noon. It's about to be noon, and we are uh, we're passing Indiana Jones the ride, and we stop and we get on our phones and we're waiting for it to go to noon in the app because this little button will pop up and it goes, oh, reserve your um, reserve your time to get on that ride. Well, it's not just us. It was the weirdest thing that at Disneyland at like 11:57, you know, everyone was walking into the next ride, and then everybody stops just looks at their phones. It was creepy, honestly. So all of us are like right there, ready. We're looking at the phones and I'm like, please, I'm literally like, you guys think I joke when um, my guy Van, he prays for me almost every week uh, earlier in the day for my message. He's like, hey, let me pray for your message. Prays for me about every week for my message. He'll always ask me, hey, anything else? What did I say? Pray for me today about Van. Other than the message, I'm golfing tomorrow morning. I said, pray for my golf game tomorrow. I want to do well. And it's like, people think I'm joking when I pray about the Raiders, when I pray about golfing, when I pray about all this. Like, I pray about everything, bro. Like, if it matters to me at all, I talk to God about it, literally. You think I'm joking? It's not a joke. I'm joking. When I, I will be at home, and I will pray for the Raiders. Like, you think it's a show. You think I do it because people are watching online, and you're here. No, I pray for the Raiders, bro. Like, literally. Because it's depressing being a Raiders fan, dude. But, but uh, uh, anyways, I'm praying that I get the, 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 the QR, like, uh, the, not the QR, the Q for, like, Rise of the Resistance. I'm literally praying, God, please, God, please, God, please. Like, all I care about is I see Sam propose to Danica, and I ride this ride. Please, God, please, God, please, God. Literally right before, it's 1159. It's been 1159 for, like, what feels like eternity, and my phone disconnects from the Wi-Fi. And Disneyland, there's, like, no good cell phone service. I'm like, <gasps> so I'm like, boom, 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 back in the app. I'm connected to the Wi-Fi, and I see the button. I'm like, oh, my gosh! And I'm, I'm like, like cranking that soldier boy like I am destroying my phone hitting this button I hit the button it takes me to this next page there's all this stuff I scroll to the bottom it says agree I go agree what did I just agree to I have no clue I could have like sold my soul to Satan and I had no idea I'm just kidding I'm like oh it's Disney who knows I'm like ah no accept 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 the next page is times to get on the ride and there was no like yeah you got on it's just times to get on the ride and I'm like Amber I think I got it. And she goes, let me see. And I show her. She's like, we got it. And we're like, yes. And then like 80 people around us are like, no. And I'm like, sucks for you. Sucks for you. Favor ain't fair, baby. Should have prayed. <laughs> and then the coolest thing was at 12, we went to the ride. And like, okay, here's our thing. They're like, cool, go ahead. And we just walked through the whole thing. No line. We went to this thing. We got in the car. Got, and it's like you're on a Star Wars movie, dude. Like you're in the movie. Dude, what does this have to do with the message? Nothing at all. But for the love of God, before you enter into eternity, ride Rise of the Resistance because it is amazing. I was 12 years old on the inside again. It was amazing. What's the point? There's, there was no wait line, and that was awesome because anybody else hate waiting. Anybody else, anybody else ever bite into your uh, bean and cheese burrito at school and you don't wait for it to cool down and then the lava just all inside your mouth? Did that one time in high school and I got a blister on the roof of my mouth. A couple days later, the roof of my mouth peeled. It peeled. It's disgusting. Like, we're not good at waiting. Here's what I love about, about eternity. There is no wait. When you... When you close your eyes for the final time on this planet, when your life ends here, 
boom, immediately you're in the presence of God. How do you know that, Corey? Because Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it says this. Each person is destined to die once. Reincarnation is not real. You die once. And after that comes judgment. The words after that, immediately after that, you die once and boom. To be, the Bible talks about how to be absent from the body is to be present with God. There is no waiting time. There is no waiting room. There's nothing between us and eternity where you sit there and say, please take a number. And you're like, well, I'm number 176,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,000,
in the spectrum of eternity, as we talk about the fact that, that what we do now echoes into eternity, what if somebody came to you right now and they said, hey, the way that you live for the next 24 hours, it, it's, it's 8, 12 p.m. How you live until 8, 12 p.m. tomorrow, that will dictate what the rest of your life looks like. And, and, and let's say this. Let's say somehow they can guarantee you a super-duper long life. You're going to live to 150, right? They say, for the next 24 hours, if you do that, the rest of your life until you're 150, it, it'll affect that. It'll change. You will, you will have blessing on blessing. All your needs will be provided. There will be joy. There will be adventure. There will be provision. There will be a mansion. You'll always be healthy. But you just have to live a certain way for the next 24 hours. Wouldn't all of us live that certain way for the next 24 hours? 24 hours compared to the rest of our life is nothing in comparison to our lives compared to eternity. Did you guys catch that? I know that's... But all of us for 24 hours would live any which way if it meant that for the rest of our lives that there were these, prom these good promises. Can I tell you God has good promises for you and they're not promises that run out they don't these promises don't run off of double a batteries y'all these promises they don't die they don't run out there's no expiration date on them. they're eternal and any of us for 24 hours would would live in a certain way and please hear me i'm not talking about abiding by a list of rules that's not the agreement god's made with humanity but as I said, for 24 hours, if you were to live like this, the rest of all of us would take that deal. But how is it then that we look at eternity compared to our lives? And, and in James chapter, James chapter 4 and verse 14, it says, why you don't even know what will happen to you tomorrow? What is your life? You are but a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. This is how the Bible describes our entire life. Some of you have seen me do this illustration before, that your whole life is this. Boom, you see that mist? And there it goes. And now it's gone. That is our whole lives compared to eternity. That we are born, we live, we fall in love, we get married, we have kids, we have grandkids, we lived a full life, and now we're gone. But eternity is forever. What are you saying, Corey? I'm saying make the most of your mist because eternity is at risk. What we do now, it matters in eternity. Isn't that crazy to think that we are these finite mist creatures that are here one moment and gone the next? And we live in the confines of time. And what we do with our moments here in time, it will matter once time no longer exists. Wrap your brain around that. What we do with our lives and with our time affects once time no longer exists, what you do now echoes into eternity. So live well. Live well. As I close, um, I want to show you one more illustration just because, uh, JJ, can you grab the rope that's uh, under? Yep. Boom, boom. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Everybody see my blue tape? Imagine for a moment that this is, this is our lives. This is my life. This is your life. I, I literally could not find a longer rope, you guys. This is it. And this, so it's like, all right, you get married. We've already just like, Bypass, like you were born, elementary school, junior high, high school, college. No, we're just, we don't have time for all that, you guys. Let's get to the important stuff. You get married because marriage rocks. I can't wait for you, Sam. Oh, it's going to be so, oh, you're back there, Sam. Oh, it's so sick. Marriage is the best, dude. You get married, 
life. You go and see the world. You serve God in the kingdom. You do amazing things that you never thought that you could do with your life. And God does exceedingly abundantly above all you could ever ask, imagine, or dream of. Oh my gosh, like you have kids. Now your kids are grown. Let's just fast forward to them getting married. And now you've got grandkids. Holy moly macaronis. Like grandkids. And then maybe you even get to be great grand granddad great why do white people call their grandparents weird stuff don't they this is my this is my paparoni and this is my mama tony like where's the rice aroni what the heck i just call them grandma and grandpa or great grandma and grandpa right um and then one day your life ends okay maybe Maybe this being your life and that being eternity, maybe that, that isn't quite enough because obviously the rope is too short for that. Maybe this is the entire existence of all of humanity. And then there's eternity. But let's just, that's overwhelming. Let's just go back to your life. This is your life. How much does it make sense to live for this? Like your few moments and sacrifice all of that. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. This moment, it'll happen for all of us. Unless Jesus returns and we get the bragging rights to have never died and we are the church that got raptured, which would be dope, it would be, it would be Elisha, Enoch, and the raptured church, and we'd be like, never died. You go to Jesus, all like, hey, Jesus, what was it like to die? Because I never did. <laughs> like, but unless Jesus comes back, this moment's coming for us all. And how does it make sense to live with... I, this is why C.S. Lewis said that those who do the most in this world are the ones who think often about the next world. This is why in the book... JJ, you could, you could grab this. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Give it up for JJ. Look at that. This is why in Ecclesiastes chapter four, chapter seven and verse four, it says, a wise person thinks a lot about death. Wait, what? Ladies, if you meet a guy and he's tall, dark, and handsome, and you go on your first date and you go, hey man, tell me about yourself. And he goes, well, first off, I think a lot about death. <laughs> you would be like, weirdo. You wouldn't be like, you're so wise. But Ecclesiastes says that a wise person thinks a lot about death and a fool thinks only about having a good time. Why? Because when we think about death, we think about what comes after it. And I don't know about you, but I'm not filled with anxiety and fear over the grave. I'm, fear, I'm filled with hope because that place sounds awesome and it never ends. And there's friends and family of mine that have gone before me that I'll be reunited with. Because yes, we will recognize each other in heaven. It won't be like, oh, we just love everybody exactly the same. No, you'll have love for everybody, but you'll be like, you were my grandma, you were my grandpa, you were my aunt, you were my uncle. And go, Amber, you were my wife. We will recognize each other in heaven. And I don't know about you, but I'm not scared about leaving this place that is destruction and pain and depression and darkness and hatred and racism and contempt and apathy. I'm not afraid about leaving this place to go to that place. A part of me is just like, dude, I can't wait. I'm filled with hope, not fear. And we, but we see a whole world that is filled with fear and you don't have to be filled with fear. Instead, you could be filled with, I don't know, let's just call it cautious marvel. Oh man, like, can't wait to get there, but I mean, like, I will wait, though. Like, I will wait, hopefully, a very, 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 very long life. But, oh, man, what waits for me on the other side is peace and joy and paradise. And our brothers and sisters some of which in recent days have lost their life on the other side of the world because they stood for the gospel and they refused to deny Jesus Christ. And we'll spend eternity with them. Marvel at that. That one day, 
you and I will come face to face with our Savior. And I pray that my entire life boils down to one sentence. Some people live for money. Some people live for career. Some people live for love and romance. Some people are living for their kids. Some people are living for to, to attain their dreams. I'm living for one sentence that when I get to heaven, my Savior will look me in the eyes and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into paradise. Enter into peace. Enter into the reward that I went before you to create for you. Marvel at that. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes as we pray? God, I pray that tonight we would know we would know that the greatest way to live, the greatest way to live, the greatest life is to keep eternity in our hearts and in our minds. God, I pray heart, hearts filled with eternity right now. You put eternity in our hearts. I pray, God, right now that in reflection, in awe, filled with wonder and astonishment about eternity that we would respond to you accordingly with heads bowed and eyes closed maybe in hearing about eternity maybe hearing about the promises that God has made us and how amazing eternity is going to be and how it never ends maybe you're here and you're saying man I want that I tell you you can have it and I know there's somebody in the room, there's somebody online watching right now that goes, yeah, that's cool for everybody else in the room, but not for me because I've messed up too much and God could not forgive me. God would not accept me. If I died today, God would not take me, not me, everybody else, but not me. Can I tell you that while you were still a sinner, the Bible says that Christ died for you. It was while we were still sinning. It's why we were still messing up. It's while we were still broken that Christ died for us. It wasn't once we got better. He doesn't love a future new and improved version of you. He loves you right now and he offers eternity to you. He promises it to you. If one thing, there's one thing in time that will determine where we spend eternity. The one, the one thing is this. What did you do with Jesus? Did you accept him or did you deny him? Right now you're going to have the opportunity to accept him. And if that's you, all over this place, I'm going to ask you to respond in a simple way. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, I just want you to lift your hand. You can put it right back down. That's you. I'm going to count to three. I just ask that you respond on the outside to what God's doing on the inside because it solidifies it in our hearts, in our souls, and in our lives. So if that's you, whether you're watching online or in the building, when I get to three, you just lift your hand. Here we go. This is your chance. This is your moment. One, two, three, go. All over this place. Wow. Amazing amazing. Anybody else? Man, I just know this. Those of you who just raised your hand, it's because you know there's got to be more to life. That's because God has implanted, he's planted uh, eternity in your heart. And in accepting Jesus right now, you are ensuring, you are, you are sealing the deal that when you enter into eternity, you'll go to that place called heaven and see Jesus. Let's do this. Let's pray together, everybody, because we're a family. Would you all repeat these words right after me, whether you're in the room or watching online? Say this. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. No turning back and no looking back. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, we want to walk this journey out with you. Uh, we have a gift for you called The Next Seven Days. We want to get it to you. Really simple. Just go to our Instagram, at bridgeYTH underscore, and DM us the words next seven. We'll handle the rest. We'll get you this. We feel like it's our responsibility to walk out this next week of your faith journey with you because we are a family. And I just think that in talking about eternity, that we should respond in worship. So no one distracting anyone. Would you stand to your feet? Would you head to the front? While you do, let me read you this scripture in the 145th Psalm, 
verse 1 and 2. It says this. It says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. Catch this. I will praise your name forever and ever. Forever and ever. Every day, I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. One of the things that we will do in eternity is worship. There's a lot of things that we do now that we probably won't do in eternity, like gossip. But one thing that we will do in eternity is worship. So it's just something so cool that in time, in our little mist of a moment, while time still exists, we can do something that we'll do for all of eternity. Marvel at that. Would you, would you just close your eyes? If you're comfortable, would you lift your hands? Forget that you're in a room filled with people. And for a moment, just worship him. Right there where you're at, before the words even begin. Would you just tell God how much you love him? If you don't know what else to say, just say, I love you, God. I love you, God. You are so good. And you are mighty. And you are strong. And you are my fortress. You are my ever-present help in time of need. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. We worship you, the eternal God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, the author and finisher of our faith. We worship you. I've been so 